Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Well, good morning. Just as you make your way back in this morning... We started a new kind of quick little series last week looking at kind of a new season ahead and, and how we can, the change of the seasons and preparing our lives and getting ready for uh, what is ahead. We talked last week about Elijah and the cloud and just that idea of kind of waiting on God for the new season and, and how God brings new seasons into our lives. And new beginnings and new changes. And this morning, I want to just kind of keep on going with that theme for a moment and just this idea of momentum and, and pushing forward. Uh, momentum. What does it mean to kind of like move forward, to push forward things? You've all experienced momentum, sometimes positive, sometimes negative, you know, when, when things kind of go off the rails. Uh, how, I don't know how many of you remember, I was, as the uh, World Cup of Hockey started yesterday and, and the Americans lost and the Canadians won and it was, everything's right in the world. And, and uh, just as they're thinking about that, they always bring back like different Canadian moments in hockey. And one of the ones that they often bring back, and I remember this moment so clearly, it was a World Cup uh, junior game. And so it was around Christmas time, if you remember the World Juniors, always around Christmas. And, and Team Canada was playing, and it, the World Juniors that year happened to be in Buffalo, so there was a lot of extra excitement, and they were playing the Russians in the gold medal game. And there was a kid from Community Church, his name is Mark Visentine, and he was a drummer at Community when we first got rolling, and, and uh, he was the goalie for Team Canada, so we were like super pumped and super excited as a church to kind of watch, you know, one of our kids kind of go for it, and and, and so I remember we had everyone here, we were watching the game on the big screen here, and Canada was up by like five goals going into the third period, and everything was great, everyone was celebrating, it was all exciting, and, and you know, the momentum was huge, and then the Russians got a goal, and everyone's like, ah, oh, no big deal, no big deal, and they got two goals, everyone's like, no big deal, but you could see like momentum, you know what I mean? You know, all of a sudden they had like, uh, the, the team, the Russian team that was so down, all of a sudden you could see them... And then the floodgates began to open, and it just like, and I remember thinking, oh, if you talk to Mark, he'd say, you know, no matter what my accomplishments were, he said, every time Team Canada plays, they show clips of that game, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh. and momentum. It's amazing how, you know, it can shift and, and it can be your best friend at a moment, but it can be your worst enemy also. And how we go in a positive momentum direction in our lives. Well, before we get into it, we always get you talking a little bit. And so you can move around, sit with somebody that looks like they got some momentum going. And we're going to do our little quick momentum quiz, okay? We're talking today about momentum. We spoke a little bit about, uh, you know, that hockey game and the momentum there. Newton's first law of motion says that unless acted upon... A force or an object will stay at rest. And then also, an object at motion 
will stay in motion until acted upon. What's that momentum kind of thing? Next question, and then we're going to look into God's Word this morning. How do you get momentum in your life? Like, how does a person get going in, a, in the, I'm going to say positive momentum in your life? How do you get positive momentum? Go ahead and talk at your tables for a second. Momentum, when it's for you, it's amazing. When it's against you, it's tough sledding. How many of you remember that Leafs game that we still have to listen to guys like Grant and, and Brian who bring up that Leafs game, game seven? Oh, the momentum switch, you know what I mean? Uh, when things are going in a positive direction and then they move in the other direction and, and in life, you know, what does it do to create positive momentum moving forward? John Maxwell, in his book, uh, Irrefutable Laws of a Leader, he's talking about this idea of momentum. He's using this example of a train, and he's in um, a train traveling at 55 miles an hour on a railroad track. I used to live in Inglehart, a place up in northern Ontario, and it was kind of the central uh, train hub for the north. It was where all the switching went, went away, and it was amazing how uh, you'd hear about trains, and it was frighteningly... And I think after Quebec last year, they've tried to rectify this problem, but runaway trains. And it's amazing how a train just going at a very, very slow rate of speed, it, it can pick up speed before you know it and just become this, this momentum moving forward force. And they would say a train going, a, a loaded train at 55 miles an hour can go through without stopping or without even barely changing its speed, can go through five feet of steel-reinforced concrete and just keep on trucking. It's crazy. But they would say that exact same train weighted to the same amount when going to take off, if you put a simple one-inch block in front of the wheel, it will not go. And it'll hold it back. Five feet of concrete versus a one-inch block. Momentum powerful as we move forward. The question in your life is, are you moving forward? Or has there been the one-inch blocks that have held you back? Is there the things that have stopped you? Or, or is there things as you start trucking and start going forward and, and start pursuing God's direction for your life that have gotten in the way of that? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Acts in Acts chapter 6. And we read this story of the early church, and they're just kind of getting rolling. Momentum is just beginning, and this is their first little kind of hiccup on the road to what God wants to do in their lives. So the book of Acts, if we read the context here, what's going on is the church is, is growing. In fact, they're praying in Acts 4. It says they're praying for boldness regularly, but they begin to have struggles with opposition. In fact, the Sanhedrin has ordered them not to preach this gospel and the Sanhedrin, the, the kind of the ruling forces of the day, have said, no, 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 you can't talk about this. And, and they pray for greater boldness. And they continue to kind of push the envelope and the agenda of their faith. And it says in verse 1, uh, it says, but as the believers rapidly multiplied. They had some momentum start to get going. They, they were rapidly, not just like kind of, hey, there's a little bit of growth. It was kind of this exponential, rapid growth taking place. But with that, and so many times when you get momentum kind of going and, and things start to go in a direction, it says there was rumblings of discontent. 
In fact, it's actually the same kind of root word is used in Hebrew in, when it was talking about the nation of Israel when they were out in the desert and they began to become discontent and grumblings. Some translations put there grumblings. There was, there was some issues developing. How many know that whenever you start a momentum push, there's always going to be challenges and there's always going to be moments, you know, when, when that forward momentum throws a rift into some things. And it said here, here's the heart of what was going on. It said that there was Greek-speaking believers that complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers. So there was these Hellenistic Jews, or in other words, Greek-speaking. They were from all over the world. And then there was Hebraic Jews. They were, they were ones who, probably Galileans uh, to some extent, that um, they felt that the widows weren't being taken care of properly. Now, they didn't have, to kind of give you the picture, they didn't have a social system like we do today. So there's no social security, there was no, uh, there was no pension, there was no, you know, there was no welfare system even. And so oftentimes the widows were really left uh, dependent upon others to care for them. And, and so the church, one of the ways that it shone was to really care for and to love on those who were marginalized, those who were fragile in society. And they'd done a great job. And that was part of the reason of the momentum of the growth as they cared for, as they lived out God's command to love one another. God brought blessing on their lives. As they lived out generosity, God brought blessing. As they shared this message of truth with those around, God brought blessing. And so there becomes this divide. There was an overlook of some people. And the Greek-speaking Jews began to think, well, you know, it's, it's the Greek-speaking widows that you're not caring for. And so if you lead, read into history a little bit, there was, there was a bit of a divide here. There was, you know, there's people that were like the, well, you know, you're Jew, but you're kind of late to the party kind of people, you know, as the Greek-speaking ones. Sometimes we have that in Canada today. Well, you're Canadian, but, you know, you're... You're not really Canadian because you're like a first-generation Canadian. You know what I mean? That kind of uh, prejudice or bias that goes on. And so some of this is taking place here. And there's, there's a little bit of a, a, a struggle going on. Now, if we read a little bit further into history, kind of beyond Scripture, it would tell us a little bit of some of the other things that were going on in this day. And so uh, in Jerusalem at this time, especially because as the church was rapidly beginning to grow, people thought, oh, Christ is going to come back. And they thought Jerusalem was the hub of that. And so there's people moving in from all over to Jerusalem. And what happens in a city when people move in from all over? All of a sudden, real estate becomes a little more uh, challenging, and therefore, the price of real estate goes up a little bit. And side would tell us that it was a lot of the Hellenistic Jews that were of the lower economic class, and they were pushed out to the outskirts. And so probably even logistically getting food to the widows became a challenge. It was, they weren't in the core. They were a little bit out there. It also speaks that they, they, the Hellenistic Jews didn't speak Aramaic, a lot of them, Aramaic. And, and they would say that a lot of the, the signpostings were in Aramaic. And so maybe there was a disconnect. Maybe, maybe there was just like a logistical issue as to how and why they weren't getting the food as they were. I don't know exactly the reasons, but for some reason they were being overlooked and so they said, okay, what should we do about this? And so the leaders got together, and instead of saying, oh, let's throw in the towel. Let's, you know, we've, we've kind of failed. Let's, we're not very good leaders. Look, at we're, we're letting people go hungry, and, and we're letting widows go hungry at that. Like, this is not a good thing. Instead of changing and doing what, and saying, okay, we need to do, do that, they said, you know what? 
We can't neglect the preaching in the word of God by doing this. In other words, we're growing and we're getting kind of busy here. Let us appoint some leaders full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, mature and responsible. And let us lay hands on them and, and release them to this ministry so that these widows are not overlooked. And so they appointed it. And it's interesting as they, they read the list of people that they appointed, uh, Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, Philip, Procurius, Nicorian, Timon, Parmerius, and Nicholas of Antioch, all Greek names, all Greek leaders so that, hey, we're, not, we're making sure there's no kind of racial divide that could take place. We're making sure that there's, we're, we're making sure that it's equitable. We're making sure that everything is, is good to go. And it says, these seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them and they laid their hands on them. And then verse seven, so God's message continued to spread and the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, greatly increased. In other words, momentum got going again. It's interesting, this passage is sandwiched with two thoughts. Number one is at the beginning of it, verse one, it says, but the believers were greatly multiplying, rapidly multiplying. And then verse seven, it says, once again, the believers started to greatly multiply and they started to move forward with momentum. Momentum in life, in ministry, and, and the journey God's called us to, that tipping point moment when God begins to fuel us for great things ahead. Momentum is focused intensity over a time multiplied by God. That intensity and results in an unstoppable motion forward fueled by a series of winds as we move forward. How do we get momentum? A couple of verses, listen to this. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize which God's called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Do you get this idea of forward momentum and motion? I press on. I don't just decide to like sit back. I don't just decide to push the pause button, but I constantly keep pushing forward. I constantly say, Lord, what do you have? God, where do you want to direct? Hebrews 12 says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and then let us run the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. This idea of pushing forward. Galatians 6, 9 says, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. Let us keep the momentum moving forward. Don't go tired of doing good, for at the proper time you'll receive a harvest of blessing. What? If you don't give up. Keep that forward motion. Keep pushing forward. Matthew eleven twelve says, the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and forceful men will lay hold of it. In other words, keep on taking that forward step, that forward motion in our lives. How do we do that? A couple of things that I see from this chapter. Number one, if we're gonna have forward momentum this fall as a church family, if we're gonna keep moving forward with what God would have for our lives, number one is we need to embrace the small starts. We talked a little bit about this last week with Elijah and the cloud. And, and you know, there's just a small little cloud at the beginning. But he said, Lord, uh, I'm going to take faith in this step. Momentum starts with oftentimes a small step. I love this band of believers because there's only a handful of them and they had this belief that they could change the world. That they believed that just this small group of people when they came together with, with 
a trust and an intensity in what God would have for their lives. They believed nothing was impossible. They believed what they set in motion could literally change the world. And you know what? It's no different today. That I believe of a few small groups of people who just take a step in the right direction and say, you know what? I believe we can change the world. I believe we could do something to impact the world. I believe that change starts with one small step forward. Small steps are better than no steps. And so many times I meet people waiting for something, you know, this great big ministry opportunity to come along and they stay waiting and they wait and they wait. They wait for great opportunities like to to impact their neighborhood or those people around them. And they say, well, I'm just waiting for the right big opportunity. And the way I see scripture is oftentimes it comes in small little things. Small little momentum builders. This was some widows that nobody else knew the names of, that nobody else, they were so low on the radar of society. But how you care for those small little things usually determines the blessing that comes in the big ways. What's the small step that God wants you to take? What kind of small start does God want to have you embrace to see things move forward? Don't discount small beginnings. What simple action today could you take to create new momentum in your life towards the God-given dream over your life? What small step could you say, you know what, today I'm going to just, I'm going to just, Charles Given says, success requires first expending 10 units of effort to produce one unit of results. Your momentum will then produce 10 units of results with every one unit of effort. So many times I see that. Just like that train that gets going. You know, that, that first roll of the wheels of the train takes so much effort. And sometimes, you know, that new beginning and that new momentum, it just is like, oh my goodness, this is so hard going. And these disciples, as they're, they're like, we're trying to do a good thing and it's just, it's not even working right from the small steps. We're missing it already. Embrace the small beginnings. Take that small step. If you want to create forward momentum and a new kind of push through, Zechariah 4, 6 says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. And then it goes on to say in verse 10, it says, don't despise the days of small beginnings. Don't despise the day of small beginnings over your life. Embrace small starts, small beginnings movement kind of people. Secondly is push through challenges. I want to tell you, whenever you start to have forward momentum in your life, whenever, you know, you kind of start to push forward, there's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be, first of all, people that say, you know what? Who do you think you are? You're not doing a very good job in leadership. Here are the people, they begin to grumble. It says that there was discontent. They were like, you aren't good leaders. They felt like they were called of God. These 12 individuals that just, they believed that God was calling them. But yet, the challenges. If you're going to move forward, there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be people that tell you, you know what, you're not a good enough leader. 
you're not strong enough, you're not talented enough, you can't do this. You know, some of those famous examples, Walt Disney, he was fired from his first job, and they said, you're not creative enough to work here. J.K. Rowling was fired from a secretarial job, and they said, you just daydream about this boy named Harry all the time. <laughs> a Baltimore television producer uh, had a news anchor that they fired, and they said, you'll never make it in the television industry because you just don't have the on-camera charisma. And that girl was Oprah Winfrey that they fired. There's always going to be those. You know, the example, Michael Jordan, cut from his high school basketball team, didn't think that they had the stuff. There's always going to be challenges to forward momentum. Always, always, always. And I've met too many people that, you know, as soon as the challenge comes along, oh, throw in the towel. Can you imagine these leaders and these disciples? They came and they were challenging their leadership, this grumbling, this discontent. And they just said, you know what? Maybe we missed it. Maybe I should go back to fishing because, you know, I, I don't seem to be doing a good job of this leadership thing. What challenges are you facing? Maybe you've made mistakes and don't let your mistakes hold you back from moving forward. A hundred steps in the wrong direction doesn't mean that you can't make the one step in the right direction and start things going in the right path and begin the forward momentum in your life and the push forward. You know, when we started community, there's always been challenges since we've started. I remember right from the get-go, like building space has been an issue for us. You know, from the first week that, you know, we found some space and signed a lease and then we put our promo out there and then they negated that and stopped our lease. Then we moved in and they put this building for sale and we had to look elsewhere. And I remember the Sunday preaching and there was a real estate agent going through with somebody while I was preaching. And he's like, just so you know, there's, there's like gonna be three weeks closing when we sell and we didn't have another space at that time. I was like, wow. Then we signed a lease at the RV dealership and, and that was great. And we signed a seven-year lease, and after a year and a half or two years, they came to us and they said, oh, just so you know, we're tearing the building down. You guys got to get out, and you got one month to do so. There's always going to be challenges. If I had a nickel for every time people said, ah, oh, Jay, you just, you can't lead something. Who do you think you are to lead that? You're not a very... There's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be mistakes. And let me tell you, if I had a list of the mistakes that I've made in my leadership, <laughs> I don't know if we have enough paper to fill the you know. Embrace small beginnings. Push through the challenge moments. Push through the opposition moments. Push through the moments when the failure comes. Commitment is the igniter of momentum. And when we begin to say, I'm going to push through, I'm going to push through that challenge moment, I'm going to push through and gather that momentum. We use the example of the roller coaster. And I was telling you even last week, I went with my kids to this theme park a couple weeks ago in Sandusky, Ohio. And this insane roller coaster that they took me on, it's called the Top Fuel Dragster or something like that. It's like 200 kilometers an hour. It's almost the fastest one. And for a while, it was the fastest one in the world. 
And as it goes to the top, it goes up some 400 feet, and right at the top, it reaches this spot of like almost where you come to a complete stop. In fact, they say that during the day, there's usually two or three times during the day when it doesn't make it over. In other words, like there's too many fat people at the end of the coaster and too many thin people at the beginning. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm kind of near the end. But it goes right to that spot where it's like almost, you know, it's like that tipping point. It's almost over. It's almost there. And then whoosh, free fall of some crazy amount of 420 feet or something like that. And instantly you're doing 200 kilometers an hour. Some of you in life, you've got to the spot of like right at the tipping point. And the challenges come, the challenges come, and you slow down to almost nothing, and you're like, ah, and you give up. And you're just about to crest where momentum will tip and where the scales will turn, and it's like, God's like, so many times, and you've given up. Push through the challenges. I've met so many people that are just bundles of beginnings, and they start and start and restart and start, and they don't push through. Embrace small starts. Push through the challenges. Number three is stick to your mission. I think for the disciples, this was their first real test of saying, okay, what are you called to? So they come to this and they said, hey, you've neglected the widows and, and you need to, and they're growing and they're growing and they come back and I think it's interesting in this moment which frees them to move forward with what God has is they don't come back and say, okay, well, we'll take more of that on and we'll just become more busy. No, they've reached their capacity of busyness. What do they say? What we're going to do now is we're actually going to release others on their mission. And in life, sticking with your mission is so key to gaining forward momentum. Sticking with your mission and saying, okay, what am I called to do? See, you can't do everything. And as you grow, you're going to have to give things away and dial into where God's called you to his best. Know your calling and live out your vision. I remember at community with our leadership who are great and they challenge me all the time. I remember having this meeting one time with our lead team and they called it the, if Jason gets hit by a bus meeting. And I was like, oh, that's kind of slightly disturbing. But they were saying, you know, Jay, as the church is growing, they're saying, you're still trying to do everything. You know, in the early days of community, you know, Carla and I, it was like we did everything. We had our hands in everything, you know. I was the guy setting up in the morning and getting everything ready. We had to set up and tear down after every service, you know, and, and I was getting all the stuff. And, you know, I was at every activity and every event that the church was a part of, and you just, you're there, you know what I mean? But as we begin to grow, if I, if I still made that a requirement, our ceiling would be small. And for me, I had to, I, our lead team made that very abundantly clear to me. And I had to learn to give some things away in order so that we could reach a higher level, so that the momentum could keep pushing forward. And it's a continual process in my life. And I ask the question in your world and in your journey, is there some areas that, you know, you need to say, I got to stick with my mission. I got to become laser focused on the target, on the goal which God has called me to? You know, Bruce Lee 
Kung Fu Bruce Lee. He said, the successful warrior is the average man with a laser-like focus. An average person with a laser-like focus. What's the focus and the mission God's called you to? How do you know your mission? Well, a few good questions to ask yourself. What do you cry about? What's the thing that breaks your heart? What's the thing that moves your heart that just... What do you sing about? In other words, what's the thing that gives you joy and just, you know, you just celebrate in? What's the thing you dream about? What's the thing at night that keeps you awake and keeps, you know, rolling over in your heart and in your spirit? If you ask those three questions, it'll probably define your mission a little bit if you do that in a prayerful way. Proverbs 4.25 says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. In other words, stay focused on what God's called you to. Colossians 3.2, set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. Embrace the small starts, push through the challenges, stick to your mission, and then finally, uh, this morning, don't go solo. I love this because there's a tendency here to say, oh, well, it's, well, let's just separate ways. Let's just have the Hellenistic Jews and let's have the Hebraic Jews over here. Let's, you know, we can't seem to get along. So let's just, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, and we'll do this individually. But instead, they came up with a plan that required a greater level of unity, a greater level of requiring to care for the body together. You know that old adage, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I've been the guy, I remember in school, I hated group work. I was like, oh, group work? Oh. I always want to do it myself because I felt like I could do it better and I felt like I could control my own, you know. But the longer I go at this, the more I realize that we're built for community. And what's God calling you to? And if you want to really have forward momentum, you need to gather others with you and not go alone. You really want to make a difference in this world? You really want to see change? See, I believe you're engineered to, you're wired. It's your God-given kind of makeup to say, I've designed the body of Christ to work together. To not do this alone. You know, what I love about this is some of the people that they empowered, Philip in Acts chapter 8 goes on to bring the gospel to Africa for the first time. And what would have happened if they discluded, if they said, oh, no, 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 we don't need, we're going to do it ourselves. What would they have missed out on here? So much momentum would have been lost. So much momentum would have been lost. Momentum grows through team victories in which numerous people can claim they've played a role. And when everyone can celebrate together, the level of celebration on the team depends on the level of participation. You know, last night, my son's team, they're in their first hockey tournament of the season. And, and so they've been at this tournament. And, and last night, they won their semifinal game. And there was just this excitement, you know. And it was a team effort. They played well together. It was like a balance line. And they all came together at the end. As much as I love individual sports, it's so great watching a team come together in a way, you know? It's so amazing. Have you been trying to go solo in it? 
Have you been trying to do your own thing? At Community, we've, uh, it's been a journey since we started. Some small beginnings. The day sitting in Carl and I's living room where we were leading worship and I was preaching to five of us and thinking, is this thing ever going to, like, Lord. Some of the challenges we had in the early days that could have shipwrecked our momentum, some things that could have, you know, and, and moments when we did get our momentum slowed because of different things and losing our focus or trying to do it individualistically or giving up on challenges. But we continue to press forward. I believe this year, and Alan gave this word, and I just thought it was timely. And it's kind of neat that he actually had it on his heart this morning. He's like, I'm wrestling between a couple things. And this tipping point moment at community, when I believe God's going to change the momentum direction of us in a great way, that we've been pushing through and, and establishing, taking some steps forward, but I believe a new day is coming when God's just going to pour out in incredible ways, not through me necessarily, but through you as we're in this together. One of the things that we uh, are changing this fall, and in order to try and get a greater level of connectivity and and we've recognized that we need to make room. You know, they, studies would say that when a room's 80% full, you're really actually more than full. And we've recognized that. And, and as we've interviewed a number of new guests to community, the, you know, the, the ongoing theme is always, oh, you know, there's no space. It feels like I'm, you know, tight in. And so as we move forward, actually, we want to introduce to you um, starting the week after Thanksgiving. We're going to try it for a 10-week trial. We always, we're a church that we always talk about where our R&D, we're research and development. So we'll try some things that don't work, and we'll, we'll give it a shot, and we'll give it a go. And so we're going to try a new thing for, for 10 weeks, starting the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, we're going to go to three morning sessions here at Community. And so we're going to move our times to 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30. We're going to have pancake breakfast upstairs in the youth room between those and so that you can still connect and still hang out, and, and that'll still be a function at community. But uh, we're just going to give it a whirl and see how it goes. And so uh, we would ask that you be praying about that. That requires, and it's also a great time for you to step forward and say, you know what? Because we need everybody involved in order to serve. Just as the church in Acts, in order to get the momentum going, they had to release new leaders. And in order to, to kind of get this going, we need to release some new leaders. We need to have you come on board and say, you know what? I'm going to step up and help out so, so that we can make this happen. And this is a great opportunity for you to do just that. As Philip and Stephen and Timon and all those ones stepped up and said, okay, I'm willing to serve so that we can continue to push this thing forward. And we're excited about that. And we ask that you be praying about that. But greater than that is, what's the momentum shift in your life that God wants to do this year? Maybe you're right at the point, just like that roller coaster where, you know, momentum's kind of slowed and you're just like, it's just that tipping point. Or maybe you've been going in a negative moment of momentum and it's, it's been going the wrong direction. And, and this morning looks like just taking one small step in the right direction and seeing the momentum begin to shift. 
Just like the book of Acts, we want to see the name of the Lord go forward. And I believe God wants to use you in a significant way this fall to do it. And uh, so just um, as we conclude this morning, can we just take a moment and pray? Mighty God, God, I just uh, I speak that word of just kind of the changing in a new season, God, over lives today. God, I pray today, Lord, as we, um, as we look at this new season, as fall starts this coming week, Lord, I just pray a new season, Lord, more than just the weather season changing. Lord, I pray the seasons of our lives. Lord, we speak a new season. Lord, I speak a tipping point kind of moment. Just that vision even that Alan had, Lord, just as we usher in kind of a new direction, Lord, I pray for momentum. God, I pray if there's ones in the house this morning who say, Jay, just, they just don't seem to have momentum moving forward. They just don't seem to have uh, that kind of forward push, maybe even in, in reverse in their lives, and they're just asking for a new season. Lord, today I pray that you would just speak a forward step. Lord, give them the courage to take a step in the right direction, to reverse the tides of negative momentum and, and push forward. Lord, for ones who are going in the right direction, and maybe there's been challenges or opposition, maybe they've been tempted to do it alone, maybe they have got distracted in their mission. God, I pray that you would give us that laser focus to move forward, God. Just with heads bowed and eyes closed in the place, if you're in the house this morning, say, Jay, I'm, I'm struggling uh, when it comes to this momentum. I, I just, I need kind of the Lord just to help me to take some of those steps. Just with heads bowed and eyes closed, just to give privacy to those in the house. If that's you and you say, Jay, would you just be praying for me this week? Help me just to, 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 to keep plodding or to take a step in the right direction. Help me, to, help me to refine my mission a little bit. I've been a little shotgun focused, not laser gun focused. And this morning, if that's you, just kind of look up at me and say, yeah, would you be praying for me today? Yeah, lots of us in the house this morning. God, you see these ones. God, I pray today. God, just a, a momentum this fall that's of you. Lord, as the book of Acts, as they grew in numbers on a daily basis because they, they kept seeking you, because they kept working together, because they pushed through their challenges, because they were willing to just start out with the small beginnings. God, I pray, God, just as we seek you in prayer, that you would begin a new day over each one. In your name, O oh Lord, mighty God, we pray. Amen. Just as you go this morning, maybe Jay, can you help me out? And Jay's coming around. Here's your little take home this morning. Pretty simple thing. It's just a little marble. And uh, yeah, it's a little heavier than you think. Just as kind of they get the ball rolling, that forward momentum, here's what I want you to do. Just kind of put this on your shelf this week or somewhere. And would you just pray every single day for just the next seven days. Lord, help me to take a step towards positive momentum in my life this week.
God, whatever small step that is, maybe it's a together step, maybe it's, it's focusing my steps, but when you begin to pray that, I believe God will begin to lead you uh, towards this new season. If you would be praying as well about, uh, as we move forward with the three services starting, uh, starting the week after Thanksgiving, be praying for that as it's kind of a new thing. We're going to do it for 10 weeks just till Christmas and see how it goes. Uh, but we'll just try it out as a 10-week as a trial balloon. This morning, too, if you'd like prayer, some of our leaders are going to be across the front right now. We'd love to pray with you. Maybe it's just a, maybe you just need prayer for focusing. Maybe you're facing that challenge, that obstacle and moving forward in the momentum. Maybe it's about recognizing the small starts. Whatever it is, we just love to pray with you this morning. Thanks for being with us. God, go with each one this week. May our momentum, may our focus, may our direction be rooted and grounded in you. Holy Spirit, lead us this week to greater areas than we ever thought possible in your name. Amen. Thanks for being with us this morning. Prayers available across the front. We'd love to pray with you. Go in the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca.